Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back to Gyro Nation Metal. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host. Today, I am joined by Jorge Maris of the Alberta Deathcore outfit Witch, who just released their debut EP, Agony, earlier this year. Although Witch is a new moniker, this band has existed for years under the name Burning Effigy, and today we will take a deeper dive into what propelled the change and what Witch has in store for us. Jorge, welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me, man. So first things first, I want to cover Agony, uh, your EP that was released on February 26th. Um, how long have you been working on it, and what was the process like? Oh man, as far as working on it, a few years. Like when I was like when Effigy was still active, I was working on, I guess what would be now Bones and Amber. Mm-hmm. I had those two tracks they'd been recorded for a long time, and I kind of you know I was tossing around the idea of maybe doing a side project or something with them, and then nothing really happened until we did the rebranding, and we just decided to use the songs. <laughs> And Bones is one of your music videos as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was actually our very first single we dropped as Witch. Oh, that's a crushing song. I loved it. The first Thanks, time I heard yeah. it. It was awesome. That's actually what kind of propelled me to look through your music and, um, I guess, get acquainted with you. <laughs> huh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, it seems to be our, I mean, so far, our most popular song. Mm-hmm. Seems to, I don't know. It has good traction everywhere. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's doing pretty good. <laughs> so, obviously, pretty positive reception overall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be because you've already got a tattoo. Uh, sorry, a fan with a tattoo of yours. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> that happened. It was just one day we get, a, we get a DM through Instagram. And then next thing you know, this guy has a tattoo on his leg. And he's from Italy. And it's like, okay. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank <laughs> you. made an impact. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> at least somebody's enjoying our songs right <laughs> how does that feel to have somebody like have your brand on them essentially yeah it's it's a little strange you know it's like I don't, I don't know i feel like we're fairly new and i don't know it's it's weird people are tattooing you know our logo on their skin forever it's like it's, i don't know it just feels weird but it's definitely it's definitely a nice thing you know it's a nice yeah. feeling i guess it could be a lot worse too uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad tattoo. It's not a bad looking tattoo. So that's no, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some fucking terrible tattoos out there. Oh. Um, we were just briefly chatting before the show and you said that kind of COVID was, was a good thing. So how did COVID impact the release of Agony? Um, honestly, it just gave us a lot of time to just work on stuff. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we're recording at home and we're writing everything, tracking everything at home. So it's, we don't really have to go anywhere and, you know just no shows happening nobody's going to the bar it's just like well might as well write some music and start tracking and get some vocals down write some lyrics and the whole thing just kind of came together because of it i think if we if we didn't have that time i don't know if i mean i'm sure we would have done the rebrand and everything but Mm -hmm. i don't know if it would have been the same or i don't know i don't even know if half of those songs would have been written you know because i feel like most of the EP was written just because we were sitting at home and, you know. Yeah, it gave you the time to just experiment yeah. and see what you you guys like. Yeah, it's like, you know, we used to go to the gym, go to the bar, you know, go hang out with friends or something. And now it's like, okay, well, I'm stuck at home all day. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we'll play some guitar and write some songs. Why not? Might as well. Yeah. So did you guys have to practice remotely or was that something that you could, because uh, I know in Calgary here, they had the, the cohort 
um, rules. So if uh, for anybody not familiar with it, basically, if you lived alone or with, I think it was one other person, you could have two um, contacts outside of your home or something. So anyways, did you, were you guys able to practice together as cohorts or did you guys have to practice remotely? Um, we didn't really practice, per se. Like we, we didn't really jam the songs. Mm -hmm. um, we just pretty much wrote the music, you know, email it to each other back and forth kind of thing. And then once we were able to get together, we just all kind of got together and recorded the vocals for it. Mm -hmm. Just because that's, you know, I mean, Colin's got all this time to write melodies and lyrics and stuff, but that's kind of like the part where we all need to be present, you know, throw ideas around and basically tie the whole song together with the vocals, right? Mm -hmm. And so obviously this is a lot different than your releases from Burning Effigy. So was it more difficult or, or a little bit easier to kind of put everything together? Yeah, uh, it's different for sure. Cause Effigy was a whole, it was a whole different thing. I mean, I, I wasn't writing any of the material mm -hmm. and basically I would get a song that was written for me to learn. Like I would get basically the whole package sent to me, learn it. And then we would go into the studio and track it. Okay. So it was like a completely different process. Whereas with which I'm just, you know, at home writing everything. And then, you know, you become a lot more involved in the process, I guess. But we're also mm -hmm. not going into a studio for it. We're all doing it ourselves. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's different. But I definitely prefer doing it this way. It's definitely well, cheaper. You said <laughs> it's cheaper for sure. Yeah. And you guys said, uh, you said that you switched instruments between the two bands as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm playing guitar for which. And then so like, was your introduction to music bass originally? No. No, I was a guitar player and I met the guys uh, in Effigy and they kind of already had, you know, they started something and they needed a bass player. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, got a bass. I got a bass for like $15 and a pack of cigarettes. I'm pretty sure I gave this guy like way, way back when. Yeah. Yeah. This guy wanted nothing but cigarettes. But uh, yeah. And then I just started playing bass. Was it hard to transition over or was it kind of like, uh, um, like learning a similar language? No, it was pretty simple. The thing was when I switched back to guitar for which, mm -hmm. I mean, I had, obviously I never stopped playing guitar, but you know, when you have to like, you know, write music, record a song and stuff, play live. It's like, well, I, I haven't played guitar standing up in like five years. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was a bit, you know, I had to get used to it, but. And have you guys played live with Witch already? Uh, yeah, we played Loud as Hell this uh, nice. past August. Yep. That was her first show, and I don't know. It's looking like it's probably going to be our only show this year. Just, you know, there's not a whole lot going on. and No, there's not. You know, still kind of, I mean, shows are happening, but it's still kind of weird out there. Mm -hmm. It's nice that you guys were able to experience the Loud, Loud as Hell Festival. Yeah. That's come up quite a bit in some yeah, of my conversations, so... That came out of nowhere too, because uh, like they they announced that it was happening, mm -hmm. which was kind of a shock to everyone. Because it's like, what do you mean? Like shows are back? Like what? Let us hell's happening? And then like we were sure that we didn't have a spot, right? Because I mean, we're a new band. the The bands that were already on their lineup that got canceled, we figured you know they're just gonna book those guys, and you know that. And I mean that's fine, but. uh yeah, out of nowhere, you know, I emailed Jeff and I said, hey, man, like, any chance you got a slot for, for us? And I sent him all the stuff and then he got back to us and was like, yeah, 
you know, you guys are good to go. Here's your time slot. It's like, holy, okay, well, I guess we get better get jamming these songs we haven't jammed. <laughs> is that how you generally reach out to venues? Like, it, you just say, hey, uh, this is who we are. This is what we want to do. And then they give you a time slot or a date that you can show up? Uh, it depends. If we're if we're setting up our own show, then normally we'll reach out to a, to a venue or a promoter and say, hey, like, is this date available? Mm-hmm. We want to set up a show kind of thing. Um, but if the show's already set and, you know, like sometimes promoters will post like local talent to be announced or something, then maybe you can reach out and say, Hey, we got this new single coming out. You know, if you need an opener, here's our stuff, here's some links. So that's usually how it goes. But we know Jeff, uh, personally from loud as hell. I usually reach out to him if, you know, if we're looking to play or whatever. Yeah. Well, if you have the contact, you might as well use it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, over the years playing with Burning Effigy, you kind of built up quite a bit of context. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't know. Things are weird right now still. And I think we want to yeah. take a little bit of time and just keep writing and keep pumping singles out and stuff. Just Yeah, and you guys just came out with Gloom too. That's a brand new single of your guys. Yep. Yeah, we just dropped that. When was that? Like a week ago, maybe? No. No, it was about a month ago, I think. Oh, really? I think I so. That. Yeah, I'm forgotten. I can't remember the date, but yeah, it was a bit ago. We so actually, that mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, we dropped the single and we just dropped a music video for it. That might be what you what you saw. Because oh, we maybe. basically, yeah, we just dropped the song and then I think it was three weeks after we dropped the, the video for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, just to kind of keep the momentum, you know, mm-hmm. going with, you know, releasing stuff and visuals and all that. So this means that you guys have new music on the way already? Yes, actually a week from today. Oh, wow. Yeah, a week from today, we got our new single, Cult, coming out. Nice. So do you guys have a timeline for a full-length album then? Um, not really. Not a full-length album. Just, just kind of... I don't know. At this point, we're kind of just throwing around the idea of maybe just releasing a single here and there and just kind of mm-hmm. keep the new music coming. And maybe eventually we'll drop something or some kind of compilation or something. But we're just kind of living in the moment right now. Just trying to keep people engaged over time instead of having yeah, to exactly. do it once and that's it. Well, especially with the whole, like, I mean, the whole streaming thing, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not selling CDs. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody's buying your CD. Maybe if you have a vinyl, maybe you'll sell 50 on a pre-sale or something, but mm-hmm. nobody's buying an album. So, if we want to keep our Spotify numbers up. We kind of have to, you know, swim in the algorithm a little bit by pumping music here and there and keeping it, I don't know, keeping that momentum alive. It's kind of sad that we, uh, that artists have to resort to just that instead of putting out their music when they feel it's uh, ready and when it's good. Exactly. Which, I mean, we're not, you know, just putting out singles like crazy. No. Obviously we have some kind of quality control, but it's weird because we're all like old school guys, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just get one song. And oh man, we had so many arguments about this. It's like, I don't, I don't just want one song, you know, I want a full album. Like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Like they dropped a single, but I, I want to, you know, I don't know, go on a drive or go to the gym or whatever and listen to a full album. But I don't know. It's just kind of the, the way it's going right now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I think I used to have um, kind of a negative view on EPs just because it was to me, I wanted full length, al- full length albums and I wanted, you know, everything that the musicians could offer. 
So I get these little EPs that are four or five songs and I felt like it was a ripoff. But nowadays, I kind of enjoy that because you can listen to a full EP on the way to work or during a workout. Um, you can revisit that music and then that means the musicians can put out the music when it's ready and when it's good instead of having to be forced to make extra music that's not. Yeah, exactly. Because you end up with an album that has basically an EP of really good songs and then just a bunch of fillers in there just to fill that 45-minute quota, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it happens, but there are some bands that can drop a double album of just bangers. <laughs> mm -hmm. So with this rebranding, um, just for some people that are listening, you guys started Burning Effigy in 2010, was it? No, 2008. Uh, 2008, yeah. 2008. Pretty much. So that was like a, a prog thrashy type group. So what prompted your um, move to Deathcore? Like I said, our, our guitar player, Brent, in Burning Effigy was mainly writing everything. And that was kind of just... I don't know. I guess that's, that was his style, what he liked to write or, you know what I mean? That was his sound. And when he left, I think it was maybe a few months that we tried to keep the, the band going. And then we all kind of realized like, what are we doing here? Like at this point, we're trying to replicate his style. And I don't know. I, I feel like me personally, I wasn't really into that type of music that much. You know, I find myself listening to a lot of deathcore or hardcore, something like that. And uh, it's like, you know, instead of putting a new, a new EP or a new single under the Burning Effigy name with a different sound, why not just start fresh and go from there? Do you think that your momentum would have continued as Burning Effigy if you hadn't made, uh, made the total rebrand? Uh, I think, I, I don't know. I feel like some of us weren't super excited with Burning Effigy. I think it kind of grew old. So the momentum I had was pretty much on a, pretty steady decline. So I think if anything, that the rebrand was a good move, you know, it like brought a lot of creativity and everybody's kind of excited about the new project. We got a new logo and we all have these ideas for songs or merch or lyrics or, you know, even like photo shoots. So, and the, yeah, like we do, well, I do all the, like all the graphic design and everything for the band. Oh, cool. So it's, it's good to have something new to focus on. Right. Did you come up with the logo as well? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How did you guys come up with the band name? Oh, that was probably what took the most time out of anything. Like that, that was probably honestly two solid years of like behind the scenes every day. We had like a, we have a group chat, right? Yeah. I think everybody has a group chat probably, but uh, yeah, we would just like basically... We just said, like, every time you think of a cool name, go on Google, make sure it's not already used or it's, you know, some band that broke up in 89 or something and uh, send it over. And then we'll kind of talk about it, see if everyone likes it. And I think we probably had around 300. Jesus. Yeah. And every time there was a good one that, like, got a thumbs up, you know, the majority gave it thumbs up. I uh, would put it on a list on my iPhone. And we just kind of did that for a couple of years and nothing hit. Like nothing was good enough. I, I don't know. I mean, at some point you got so many names that just, they all kind of seem dumb at some point. And then you think one's cool. And then two weeks later, you're like, no, that's dumb. I'm glad we didn't pick that. But then, yeah, eventually, which just kept coming up and we would throw more ideas that are like around and then which kept coming up. And then first I didn't like it. Then it grew on me. And then 
Colin didn't like it, but then a couple months went by and then it grew on him. And then we just agreed on it and just ran with it. And no one back. It's, it's so hard to find uh, a name that hasn't been used yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you just look on the internet, there are a list of thousands of metal bands with pretty much all the same name. It's crazy. It's impossible. Yeah, no, it's impossible. <laughs> and that, that was one thing we didn't want. We didn't, we don't want, you know, we, especially because of the whole online thing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want, you know, you type in your band name and there's like six of them. It's like, well, they're never going to, nobody's ever going to find it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, we need to find something that no one's used, which is kind of why we went for that, you know, like misspelled word kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I mean, it works. <laughs> well, it's easy to say and easy to remember. So. Yeah, exactly. That that was another thing we wanted. We wanted something short, something short, quick, you know, kind of something that sticks, I guess, something that gets stuck in your head. And with a re- rebrand came like, a complete change of like your guys's image, obviously your sound, you went from like a prog thrash to, to deathcore. What, what was that conversation like? And how did you move so drastically between styles? Uh, I think honestly, we were all kind of outgrown. Like we all kind of outgrew the whole like trash metal, proggy guitar solo kind of thing. I think when we first started burning effigy, we were all, you know, we were all about that. You know, you got machine head or Slayer or Lama God or something. Yep. Everybody's all about that. But then 10 years go by and I probably haven't listened to a band that has guitar solos in probably four of those 10 years. And I think the rest of the guys were kind of the same. So it's like, well, what are we doing here? Like, I think we need to switch to what we actually like to listen to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's most more like an inspiration type thing than, than a choice, I guess. Fair enough. And you know I mean? you're obviously a deathcore fan then, because you said like you weren't um you weren't really into the music that Burning Effigy was putting out. Uh, I, I like everything. As okay. long as it's good. Right? Fair enough. I mean a good song's a good song. But yeah, I mean for the most part, yeah. yeah I didn't really have much uh exposure to Deathcore until recently, actually. It started with um the Lauren Ashore and Mental Cru- Cruelty releases this year. It kind of oh, yeah. pushed me down that rabbit hole and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> well, that's- uh, what That's are some death metal or sorry, what are some deathcore bands that that I should listen to if I'm just getting into it? Oh man, there's so many. Like I mean I've kind of been listening to Brand of Sacrifice a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh our producer, uh Ty actually he does work for Kirkosa. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I haven't heard they're, of them. They're pretty good. They're from Vancouver. Brand of Sacrifice is Canadian too, correct? I don't know. I think so, yeah, but it could be wrong. I don't know top of my head. Sounds right. I don't know. Like I said, they, they just pop up on Spotify and I'll listen. And if I like it, I remember the name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, they're, they're pretty good. And I don't know, the latest release from Acacia's Train, I thought was pretty good. I haven't it's listened not, to that one either, but. Yeah, it's not super heavy, but it's it's really good. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge fan of it for an autopsy mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, they're they're sick. <laughs> I've definitely heard that name. I'm not, uh, again, I'm not too familiar with, uh, with their music, but I definitely give them a listen. Yeah, they're, they're good. I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know. Recently I came across this, uh, band called nothing left. Okay. And, uh, never heard of them. And, uh, they, they kind of blew me away. It's, it's like a death core, hardcore kind of thing, but it's heavy. 
but I, I don't know, it's just solid and it doesn't stop. You know, like you start that album and then it's like 45 minutes in, it's still going like steady. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's good. I mainly listen to music at the gym. So I like the no breaks type thing. Yeah. <laughs> to keep you pumped. Yeah, exactly. Do you listen to, um, I guess Mike. Okay. So I have a different workout playlist for like running and for working out and stuff like that. Do you have different songs or different playlists depending on what kind of exercise you're doing? Um, no, I've been meaning to make playlists for myself, but I just end up, I don't know. I find myself every time I get to the gym, I sit down or whatever I'm doing and I'm like, okay, well, what what am I going to listen to today? And I kind of scroll through a few artists and then eventually I find something that hits that just resonates that day. Yeah, exactly. Fair usually, enough. I usually go for Kubla Can. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my go to every time. If I can't find anything else, I know that one's good. <laughs> what other bands are on your regular rotation? Uh, a lot of Stray from the Path recently. Uh, Knock Loose. That's that's pretty much every day. I put on some Knock Loose. Um, I'm trying to think. Usually, I'll throw in Black Belly Murder. Um, Die Artist Murder for sure. Yeah, all solid choices. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, recently I got really into uh, The Dying Wish, the new album they put out. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it. I haven't heard that one, no. There's actually a lot that you're telling me that I haven't heard. So, this yeah, cool. well, <laughs> um, yeah, they're it, it's strange because it sounds like it was recorded a long time ago, hmm. and like, by a long like time a, ago, I mean like like 2010 or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like it's got some like old school like Kill Switch vibes to it, kind of thing. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's a good album. I can't remember what it's called though. Oh, figure it out on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's easy enough. Um, now, coming into the deathcore scene as a new band, um, what are some benefits that you guys see that other generations or other deathcore bands maybe not or wouldn't have had? Um, we've been releasing. Uh, or singles, mm-hmm. I guess, and I guess the EP as well. We've been releasing with uh, Slime Worldwide on YouTube. I don't know if you're familiar with the with them. Uh, it's just a YouTube channel, basically, and they they release a lot of deathcore and heavy. I guess slam, you would call it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we've been releasing our stuff with that, and that actually opened a lot of doors for uh, for us as far as like Spotify growth and. YouTube views and all that kind of stuff. Is that more or less like a PR channel? Kind of, I guess. I mean, yeah, they, they you know, we send them our songs, they put them on YouTube and it gets us quite a bit of exposure. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess it would be, it, you could call it a PR. Yeah. I think it's smart. Yeah. I mean, that's one spot to find a bunch of different music. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can't just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like being in a, being in a band or being a successful musician, it's not just about writing songs anymore. No, I don't think you can have to do the whole thing. You do. Yeah. I mean, there has to be everything with merch, with the releases. Like, uh, I mean, people don't even stop at t-shirts anymore. It's face masks, it's beers, it's everything. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, we're, we're sitting here and like recording our songs and doing all the marketing and I'm doing all the artwork and we're like shooting videos and editing videos and like, basically trying to do it for as little money as possible. Cause we're probably not going to get it back. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah. (laughs) You kind of have to learn to do it or fork out the cash, but it just seems easier to learn how to do it. Yeah, no doubt. And then you can use that for the rest of your life too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when you guys, uh, uh, what is it? Three of the members from Burning Effigy moved over to which? Yeah. And then you switched instruments. Did anybody else switch their instruments? No, no. Mike's still playing drums and Colin's singing or screaming or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you guys have been together for what, 12, 13 years now, what, what do you see as the most important thing working together? Uh, honestly, just as long as everybody's committed, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody puts in their part and, I think that's probably the most important part because the last thing you want is a guy that's not doing anything and, you know, just kind of being there. Yeah. Especially because riding the waves. Yeah. We've played one show in the past two, two and a half years, almost, almost three years mm-hmm. two and a half. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't just be like, not, you know, you can't just be a musician if we're not playing any shows. Yeah, exactly. And we, you know, could have been involved in the process and have some ideas or your part type thing. So yeah, as, as long as everybody's committed, I think that's that's the main part. Yeah. I mean, and, if I you're going to have somebody that didn't do anything, you might as well just have a session musician, right? Well, yeah, what's the point, right? Exactly. Yeah, like we can we can record whatever. We can do whatever. If mm-hmm. you're not actually contributing anything, then there's just no need. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're really splitting profits either, so it doesn't really matter, but... No, but I think it's important way. either way. If you, if somebody's not pulling their weight, it's like they're not taking it as seriously as you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it seems that you guys take yourselves quite seriously because you have like uh, great promo shots. You have a pretty crushing first release, and you have what three or four music videos now. Um, let's see. We got one, two, three. We got three music videos. Uh, we got one lyric video. Isn't there a playthrough tour? Or am I wrong? Uh, there's a playthrough. There's okay. A playthrough, yeah. Okay. I'm not going crazy. Then that's good. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, and I think that's that's something we've kind of tried to do. It's basically every time we release a song, whether it's on the EP or a single or whatever it is, we try to do something visual with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that helps with the engagement, like we were talking earlier. Yeah. Like I was saying, we drop gloom and then just drop the song, and then that kind of like um, gets put out by. Spotify and YouTube and everything kind of on the front page the day you drop it mm-hmm. and spikes your viewers for a little bit and we drop it on slime worldwide or whatever. But then three weeks later we drop a music video for the same song, which is kind of like a freebie algorithm push, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Well, people yeah, are and, probably already searching for those, those words, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there might've been people who missed the release of the single and then, you drop the music video and they mm-hmm. see that and they think, oh, a new single because they haven't heard it yet, yeah. even though it dropped three weeks ago kind of thing. So just kind of try and grab as many uh, many spots as we can. It's got to be so difficult to, uh, I don't want to say stay relevant, but at least stay in people's minds uh, with the insane amount of releases even every week from the mm-hmm. metal world. Yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of a bit of a relief that like so many bands are putting out singles too because then instead of somebody wanting your full album now they're going into their discovery weeklies or whatever and they're like full of singles yeah so then maybe the people that would normally be listening to a full album now they're just listening to a bunch of singles so maybe nobody's going to listen to a full album anyways 
Are you familiar with the old Big Shiny Tunes CDs that they used to have? Yeah. It kind of reminds yeah, me of that, like a weekly Big Shiny Tunes where it's like a list yeah, of cool exactly. stuff. And some of those bands got huge from that. Yeah. Just from one song. And then everybody knew them, but then they only know the one song, which I guess that's all right. But that's it's kind of like that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's more. You got to keep getting up more than one good song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what we're focusing on, like just that steady push of new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, I don't know, we probably could take the time and write a full album, you know, and not put anything out for a year. And then, you know, a year from now, put out a full album. But then during that year, I feel like there's going to be so many new singles and so many new things that are going to come out that people are kind of going to forget about you until you drop that album. But then why not just keep dropping singles or something? Do you also think that maybe um, it keeps you guys engaged more if you're staying consistently releasing something? Yeah, it keeps us busy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're all pretty creative people. So if we're not doing something, we're kind of going crazy. <laughs> like that must have been shit during the pandemic then. <laughs> well, that's, and here we go. Now we got a new band, right? Like, yeah, oh, you're exactly. going to make me sit at home for two years? Well, fuck, here's all this stuff. Can I swear here? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You I can, can swear whatever you want. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just, like I said, that's why, that's why all this came out. I think yeah. if a pandemic didn't happen, we probably would have been doing other things and not putting as much focus on it, right? More or less just focusing on work instead of, instead of things that are actually important to you. I don't want to say work isn't important, but it, I, clearly music is a passion. Oh yeah, no, of course. But yeah, basically just gave us the time and freedom to do it. Mm-hmm. How did you get into metal? Uh, I don't know. Slipknot, I think. I think it was Slipknot. I saw a Slipknot poster somewhere, and I was curious. And I remember having like computer class back in Mexico, mm-hmm. like where they basically teach you how to use Windows when you're like 10 or 11. And I remember I, like it was like stuck in my head, the Slipknot logo. I was like, what is that? Right? And uh, while we were doing computer class or whatever, I just went on Google and just typed it in. And then the duality music video came up and I watched that and that, that's, that was it. Yeah. Hooked from that day. It's actually yeah. kind of funny to think back to that day. A little weird. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there in private school. Just listening to Slipknot. <laughs> yeah. I had to turn it down because I didn't know what it was. So I just watched it with no volume. I didn't even know what it sounded like. You just liked the video. Yeah, well, I was That's intrigued cool. because they yeah. had the masks and stuff. And then Corey Taylor used to have the red and blue hair coming yeah. out of the top the dreadlock. of his mask. Like, yeah. Or no, no, he didn't have the dreadlocks. This was back or after that. Uh, he had that mask that was only the face. And then he uh, had the, 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 the white mask with like a circle around the eye almost. Uh, no, before or is that, that. Just before that. Okay. Just before that. Yeah, he had like that half his hair was red and the other mm-hmm. half was blue. And they've got but, through a lot of masks now. Yeah, and a couple of guys too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And actually, Joey Jordison just passed you. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, that was that was strange because then then I kind of realized like, holy, like Joey Jordison. I haven't actually thought about this guy like you know specifically in a while. But mm-hmm. when you think back to it, it's like, yeah, he was probably my favorite drummer for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Extremely influential. Oh, yeah. And he had like an outpouring of support. I didn't realize he was so well known. Yeah, exactly. And then 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. It's interesting that you mention um, Slipknot as your first metal artist because uh, mine's kind of the same. Like, obviously, I heard like Enter Sandman and you'd hear uh, a couple less metal type things on the radio. But one of my friends in junior high um, exposed me to, sh- uh, to Slipknot, the Iowa album. So what we would do is we'd have our Discmans in our pockets and thread our earphones through our long sleeve shirts. And as we were in class, we'd put one of our one of our hands up to our, to our heads to make it look like we're leaning and we'd just be listening yeah. to the album the entire time. So one day we got caught and I believe it was, it was math. My math teacher, he caught one of my friends listening to Slipknot. And so he asked, what is that? What are you listening to? And my friend says, Slipknot. He said, what kind of music? He said, that's nah, metal. I'll bring it up here. I want to put it on. So oh, no. there's like four of us in the class. We're like, uh, we probably shouldn't put it on. This is like grade seven or grade eight. We're like, maybe yeah. not today. And he's like, no, no. If you want to listen to that in my class, you're going to put it on for the class. So <laughs> we said, okay. We gave him a copy of the CD. And then um, one of my friends, like he asked which track to put on. So I was going to go with something a little bit less crazy, maybe left behind or whatever. But my friend's like, disaster piece. Oh. So <laughs> the, you play that and the, obviously the intro is like, what, a minute and a half? And then the first couple lines come out and my teacher was horrified. He's just like, get out of the class. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he chose to play it and he didn't have to play it. It was his own fault. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't oh, take away cool. our Discman, so that was a win. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny you say like you had heard like Enter Sandman and stuff in the radio. Because mm-hmm. uh, like me growing up in Mexico, obviously the radio is not the same. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or maybe I just wasn't paying attention when I was younger or little, I guess. Um, but I never heard any Metallica. I never heard any Led Zeppelin, nothing while growing up. Hmm. I think the the closest thing I would have heard would have been the Beatles because my mom closest likes the Beatles. Metallica. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was like nothing. It was like some like pop rock, I guess, that was going around and stuff like that, but like never heard anything like that. So none of the eighties hair bands or anything? No, like no Black Sabbath, not nothing. Interesting. I like I have no recollection of hearing any of that stuff until I basically moved here. And then just kind of like learning everything at once. I had seen somewhere uh Slayer before. I don't know if it was a shirt or something, but I recognized it. Just never listened to it before. Mm-hmm. So it was like like seeing that slipknot poster definitely caught my eye and that's I don't know if I thought it was a movie or what, <laughs> but, but at that time you have yeah. to figure it out, especially yeah, when it exactly. looks so cool and insane. When the, yeah. When like, you cool. don't know what it is. And I remember, I forget, uh, it's one of the guys that, uh, I think he plays the, like those drums that got off the side, mm-hmm. but he's got like the long nose, like the percussion drums, I think they're called. Yeah. And this guy's got the mask with like the huge nose. Yeah. You know, talking about that guy. I don't yeah. know his name, but I don't know his name. That, that, I remember that, like catching my eye, being like, "What is that?" Originally, when I saw the masks, it was the uh, I don't know his name either, but the guy with the really long spikes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's got a creepy mask too. Have you ever seen them live? No, they put on a pretty good show. Um, I know there are a few other bands that do this, but they have like the moving uh, drum kits, and they have. Mm-hmm a lot of energy obviously Corey taylor is incredible um and i think the dj guy the guy the guy with the turntables i don't know his name again but he runs around he has so much bloody energy it's insane yeah yeah sir can you hear my dog drinking water right now yeah whatever he's, he's thirsty he's drinking the whole bowl of water right now he's just chucking away <laughs> 
Oh my God. Good for him. He's thirsty, whatever. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he just wants there to make an appearance. That's it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your um, move to Canada. Like, uh, I'm quite interested in that kind of thing. And you said you moved in 2008 when you were about 14. Yeah, yeah I want to say it was about 14. I'm 27 right now. So that's, what's that? 10. Should be three. about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't thrilled when my first, uh, when my parents first told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, you got to leave all your friends behind and. It's like, it's, it's like that age where like you think like, oh, I'm like never going to have friends again now, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, like, what do you mean? I got to learn a whole new language. It's like, why are we even moving? And then I think it was April, April. Yeah, I think so. There was still a lot of snow on the ground when we first came here. Not surprised. And I remember like, yeah, like, and we moved into this like small place. So like, I was just like, I remember crying for like like days straight like it was at least like two or three weeks where i was just like upset like i wanted to move back because it's like i don't know anybody and then you open the front door and it's like like minus 20 outside yeah why it's would like, anyone want to live here this sucks like what are we doing <laughs> and yeah i, I don't know it's pretty pretty bad at first and then i think i think my parents got me into grade nine they just got me to finish grade nine so i was able to get put into a school for I think it was the last three months mm-hmm. and that's kind of where i you know started to get to know people and stuff and kind of learned a bit of the language a little bit more because i, I kind of knew some english because they taught us in school back in mexico but it wasn't a lot like it was enough to you know like go to the bathroom and get some food and get you know figure out my way around school yeah it's pretty much like the level of spanish they teach us here yeah but like i yeah exactly and I remember we were in social class the first day that I was there, that, that I got to school, right? And the teacher came up to me and he said something like, like, do you understand what I'm saying right now? Like, he's just asking me, he was being nice about it. And I just remember going, yep, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then I just sat in the class. I had no idea what was going on. But That sounds exactly like my French class for the entirety of high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of the same thing, but it's a everyone around you is like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I don't know. Everybody everybody at the school was pretty nice to me, so that was that made it easy. Good. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was pretty welcoming and eventually I figured out English well enough to have conversations and stuff. I mean, here we are, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was all right. And then high school was a lot better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've already, by that point, you already learned uh, more of English and you kind of adapted to. Uh, yeah. And I, and I had some friends. Good. You know, I had like a handful of dudes that, you know, we were pretty solid. We hung out throughout the summer after grade nine before high school. So it was, you know, it was an easy transition, I guess. Yeah. And then I remember my mom making fun of me because she's like, remember like that, like those days when we first moved here and you were like crying and you'd be like, we need to move back. I hate it here. She's like, now, like, now you have all these friends and you don't want to move back. It's like, yeah. well, whatever. Don't, don't bug me about it. <laughs> yeah. You can't throw that in my face now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good. I think, I don't know. Nowadays when I think about it, it's probably, it was probably for the best. I mean, definitely I could move mm-hmm. on your part. I appreciate it. Do you mind if I ask uh, why your parents had to, or ended up moving or? Uh, there was no real reason. 
okay. think uh, my dad ended up knowing somebody um, that like his job was to, uh, I mean, you know how companies here sometimes need workers or whatever, and they outsource. Um, his job in Mexico was to talk to these companies and say, Hey, like I got a handful of guys that are looking for this type of work. Like if you need guys, you know, you can sponsor them so they can move their families there. And these guys are willing to go. And yeah, my dad just knew this guy and they, I don't know if they like had dinner together or whatever. And they talked about it and then, yeah, my parents were like, yeah, you know what? Why not? Mm -hmm. And originally it was, our plan was to be here for two years, you know, cause my, my dad said, you know, you guys can learn English and it'd be good for your careers when we come back here. Right? Cause then you, you know, you're bilingual in Mexico. That's like a good thing. And, uh, yeah, then we just ended up staying here. Nice. I don't think, yeah, I don't think after, after the two years, nobody wanted to go back. We were all pretty happy here. So. Well, and especially when you've established yourself and making that move once is, is hard enough. Like I've never, I've never moved anywhere substantial. So yeah, I, I I don't know. Even when I try to think back to it, because, you know, I think like, oh, was I like anxious or nervous or something? Mm -hmm. I like, I can't remember. All I remember was I'd never seen Twistlers when the, when the lady <laughs> brought them by the plane. It's like, what is that? And then I bought them and I thought they tasted like shit. <laughs> like, well, awesome. this sucks. It looks so inviting. It's all red and shiny. There's a lot of that stuff in the stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's like the one thing I actually remember was like sitting in the plane and she like brought them by. And I was like, I asked my mom for them and then tried them out. It's like, what is this? This doesn't taste anything like what it looks like. And then when you got here, you basically started a band right off the bat. Pretty much. Yeah. Right after it was like during the summer of, uh, after grade nine, I think mm -hmm. either during that summer or as soon as we started uh, grade 10. Sorry. Oh, um, sorry. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I met this guy, Will or no, did I? No, I met this girl, uh, her name was Alita, I think. And she was like this loud girl. She was in grade 12, right? And I'm like grade 10. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone. I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And she just like, I, I can't remember what shirt I was wearing. It must have been some Metallica shirt or something. She was like, oh, you like metal? I was like, yeah. I'm like, I, I play guitar. You know, I was like all about it. And uh, she's like, oh, my friend Will plays in a band. And I think they need a guitar player. And then that's, she introduced us. And then he's like, oh, we need a bass player. And I was like, yeah, well, I'll do anything, whatever. I just want to be in a band. And that's kind of how that came together. How did you learn guitar? Uh, my grandma had a, an old nylon string guitar. And there was some kid in my school in Mexico who, uh, who would always play it. Right. And he would like play like classic songs or whatever. And, uh, one day I asked him if he'd ever heard of Slipknot. I was like, Oh, you ever heard of these like Slipknot guys? And he was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I know those guys. Like I, I listen to them all the time. And then he like started playing a song in this acoustic guitar. I'm like, what? You mean like you, you can just do that? Like, that's crazy. And then he's like, yeah, you ever heard of system of a down? I'm like, no. And then he like started playing that. I'm like, okay, well I need to go find my grandma's guitar and figure out how to do this. And yeah, I remember I asked him, I was like, how'd you learn that? Like, I've never even heard of these guys. You already know how to play the songs. Like, and he's like, yeah, just go on ultimate-guitar.com, type whatever song you want to learn, and it'll fucking, it'll show you. And I remember that blew my mind. So that's kind of where, that was like the day I got home from school and I was like, hey, grandma, like, where's your guitar? I want you to teach me how to play it. Like, I need to learn now. <laughs> and she knew how to play the guitar too. Yeah. I mean, 
pretty basic, yeah. but she like she could, you know, play a few chords and strum and stuff. So she taught me basically like old basic chords. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of went from there. I, I remember Googling like how to read guitar tabs. And then, yeah, I just dove into that. It's amazing what kind of tool the internet can be for people who are motivated to do something like that. Yeah, it, it, this is like a joke I keep making. Everybody that says they're self-taught at playing guitar, mm-hmm. like you're not self-taught. You learned from that Marty guy on YouTube. I know you did. <laughs> That's not self-taught. That guy's your teacher. I know it. You self-did, but you taught. You learned from somebody else. Yeah, you might have searched it, but you know it was Marty. What's his name? Marty something. I forget his last name. The guy with the fedora. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. I'm not an instrumentalist in the slightest. Oh, I'm well, anybody, that plays guitar, <laughs> anybody that plays guitar and has tried to learn anything from YouTube knows this guy. And he's still doing it. <laughs> I, I still learn songs from him. I might have his name on the tip of my tongue, but I could be very wrong as well. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Maybe I can pull it up. But yeah, no, it's... That's basically how it went. Do you... This is a random question too, but I've heard from a few different bands. Uh, do you use not? Uh, do you use Guitar Pro? Uh, yes, but only for the sake of not forgetting what I wrote down. That's fair. Yeah, I don't. I mean, for Burning Effigy, we used it a lot because, mm-hmm. like I said, like Brent was writing all this music, right? So he would basically write the song, type it out all on Guitar Pro, like perfectly, and then send it to us. And then he'd be like, here's your parts. They're labeled, like, mm-hmm. learn your parts. And then we'll jam, I don't know, next week. Oh, so that, or two weeks today. that's why you were saying you weren't, didn't really have much of an involvement. Because like you said, you sent, you had the entire stuff yeah. sent. Interesting. Yeah, it was basic. I mean, I had a little bit of like, hey, you know, this part might sound cool. We do mm-hmm. this kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no, that was about it. Hmm. And then uh, for this project, all I'm doing basically is, well, I'll write the song, do like a scratch track. And then we lay down the vocals on it. Once that's done, then I revisit the song and properly record all the guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then once it's solid and we know like that's a hundred percent, then I'll put it onto Guitar Pro. Just because you never know, maybe like you know we might not go back to it for six months, and then I'll forget how to play something. Yeah. Or you know, I don't know if we ever need for whatever reason to teach somebody else how to play the song, or you know what I mean. You have the. Yeah, it's like backing up your files, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's uh, it's like a nice little little memory backup, just in case it fails. How different is the guitar work, uh, like w- between like prog thrash type music and deathcore? It's a lot easier to play deathcore, I find. At least the stuff I'm writing, it's a lot easier than playing prog or you know shredding guitar solo or something. But is that mostly just because of the the complexity of the music? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm a big fan of groove mm-hmm. and like the whole less is more approach. I find when things are slower and there's less notes, it's actually heavier. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think deathcore is meant to sound a little bit slower too. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, we, we do throw some faster stuff here and there, but mm-hmm. it's nothing crazy. And uh, the I think when we first started the project, the main thing was we want to be able to have fun. Yeah. shows like i don't want to be having to look down on my fretboard i don't want to be like oh this next song is like pretty challenging like i know this bridge is going to be a bit of a bitch to play like you know you don't want to be on edge i want to be able to go on stage have a few beers and you know move around and not have to worry about it like i know what i'm doing this, this stuff is not that hard mm-hmm. 
Like but, the technical songs sound great, but at the same time, um, like you're concentrating way too much. Yeah. And at, I mean, at the same time, they sound great in like the recording mm-hmm. half the time. They don't sound great live and it's not even necessarily because of the band. It could be because of the sound guy. It could be because of the room. It could be anything. I mean, it could even be your guitar cabinet combined with the size of the room or something. And then all of a sudden, like your 120 notes you're playing per riff, like you can't hear any of it. It's just a big, you know, muffled buzz. Do you find, or if you make a mistake playing your deathcore versus like the prog thrash, do you think there's um, a higher chance for somebody to notice if you were playing in Burning Effigy? Uh, that's funny. Uh, when I was playing in Burning Effigy, I was playing bass, so I don't think anyone ever noticed any of my mistakes. <laughs> but I think uh, when it comes to that type of music, like, I think it's probably harder. Like, if, if you're doing one of those, like, melodic, like, lead parts or whatever, and you miss one note, like, maybe it's, it must be harder to hop back in. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, with this stuff, if I miss something, and especially because now we have, like, we have our in-ears, so we have, like, or click track and stuff in our ears, it's like pretty easy to jump back in. And I, I mean, I don't know when we played loud as hell, I made a handful of handful of fuck ups and I don't think anyone noticed. No. So you'll be the one working. that notices. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think for the most part, nobody's paying enough attention, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just find myself with this project a lot more relaxed mm-hmm. on stage and it, I'm almost more like excited to play shows because I'm, you know, I know I'm going to have fun. I know I'm not stressed out about it. It's, yeah, it's just simple. That's good. I can, I can imagine being on stage just stressful in general because you have the audience. But to play like complex music or uh, something that's a little bit more that requires more attention, I can imagine that adding onto the stress quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I don't know if you're a really, really good guitar player, then I'm, I'm sure you don't have an issue. Like I was watching some uh, some videos from the, um, oh my god, I forget the oh the Arcspire show that mm-hmm. happened last night. I don't know if you saw anything about it, but they played in Vancouver just last night. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they might actually be playing tonight too. I, th- I think they had two shows back to back or something. I believe they did. Um, I think well, at least one of them sold out. Yeah, well, I think what they had a show originally that was sold out at a bigger venue, and I think that got canceled. Okay. And then they moved it to a smaller venue, but they made two shows so that they could fit all the people that bought tickets. Oh, good. But uh, yeah, I was watching uh, Dean. There was a video of him just playing live and he's just like going nuts on the guitar, but he looks so relaxed. Hmm. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, like I could never hope to be able to play like that, let alone standing up, you know, probably a couple of beers in and still being, you know, looking out at the crowd, moving around. Yeah, uh, but I, bet I, I don't he know. He was at that time too when he didn't think that was possible. And there he sits. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You never know. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, I, you're 13 years in a band that you guys have uh, become more cohesive and I'd say just all around putting out better music. Yeah, I, I would say so. But uh, yeah, no, it's... I definitely enjoy this type of music mm-hmm. a lot more. And especially to listen to. Like back, at, I don't know, towards the end of Burning FG, I like wasn't listening to any of the stuff. You know, I kind of like, I guess I outgrew it in a way. Yep. Like the style or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, But then like I find myself listening to a lot of these songs and actually being like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like I would, you know, maybe if I wasn't part of this band, I would actually, you know, find this on Spotify and be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to save this. Yeah. And I'll listen to it later. 
when you're listening to so. bands is um or to music in general is, are the lyrics important to you like lyrical content uh personally no hmm. i don't really care that much um sometimes if i hear something that's really cool then that'll stick in my head um but i don't like i don't really care that much i i think i care more about the vocal style than i care about the lyrics mm-hmm. you know like if a singer sucks like I, I don't care how good your lyrics are if i even if they don't suck like if they're just not what i like yeah then i'm just not gonna listen to it that's like the first thing for me is the vocals mm-hmm. and uh but yeah i mean as far as lyrics go i'm not i don't know i'm just not too particular about it but i know like colin and mike and say actually everyone in the band except for me they're all you know they all like the lyrics and there's a lot of things that i don't know they always keep bringing it up when we're recording like no the lyrics need to be like this or that or you know and there's like bands that i'm like man this guy these guys are great have you heard this and they're like i don't know i can't do the lyrics man i'm like what do you mean who cares like just listen to it you know if you don't pay enough attention you can't even understand it yeah it's all good (laughs) i find with a lot of metal too it takes some time to hear what the vocalist is saying but Sometimes they're not saying anything. They're just making noises. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to corn, you'll learn that real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to them in a long time. Oh man. When Probably I first heard issues, Twist, man, that blew my mind. Have you heard twist? No. Corn? No. There's like the, the only word in it is twist. I'm pretty sure there's lyrics to it. I think if you Google the lyrics to the song, there are, but he's not actually saying anything. That's weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird, but it's such a good song. <laughs> I remember seeing an interview, like when I was, when I was shortly after I got into metal, I, I did, I started liking corn. I got into like finger 11 and I remember an interview with Jonathan Davis. And one of his things was um, the reason he didn't include lyrics with the music is because he said people aren't supposed to understand it. Huh? I said, no, I was like, that's fair, but I like to sing along too. Yeah. That, well, and that's, that's another thing we kind of, we kind of try to do a little bit is like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure you've listened to our songs, but yep. Uh, we try to go for like the catchy type chorus mm-hmm. most of the time, even if it's, you know, it's still heavy, it's still scream. There's no clean singing, but it's catchy. You know, we always make sure that you can tell what Colin's saying. Yeah. So that, you know, hopefully it'll get stuck in your head and, you know, you'll sing along to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully one day somebody will. <laughs> I think um, now it's, it's fleeting from my head the first song on the ep and then bones were two of the ones that stuck out like as far as uh, what i could what i could understand and then glue right. as well it was quite well done in that regard for sure yeah we we definitely strive for the catchy mm-hmm. do you guys th- think you'll ever incorporate clean vocals uh i mean amber has a little bit and uh, it's not much at all and then they're kind of like ambiency type like in the background type thing mm-hmm. we did it quite a bit with burning effigy and it's just i don't know i don't think we're all super hyped on it so i don't, I don't know if we will we might at some point revisit the clean vocals mm-hmm. if they fit i mean if a song calls for it then yeah definitely but we're not uh we're not trying to force them in if that makes sense no as long as if it changes naturally it's great yeah and that's kind of where amber uh comes in where it's like a diverse we're like you know what like maybe a little bit of clean ambient vocals here would sound mm-hmm. pretty cool and that just that worked so 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're not opposed to it, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it has to be like a natural progression. It can't be forced or else it always comes out sounding like shit. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, exactly. And that's even how we approach our writing. Mm-hmm. Like the songs, I, I don't, you know, come home from work and I'm like, oh, I got to write a song today. Like I have to. Like I have to write a song today because mm-hmm. then I, I never come up with anything good. <laughs> no, it's, it's like a chore at that point. You're not actually doing it yeah, because you want to. And I've tried it and I got like 10 projects on my computer that are like half finished that is like, I sat down, I'm like, ah, I got to write something down today because I haven't mm-hmm. done it in a while. And then I'll, I'll put something down and then it's not that good. And then I spend like six hours in front of the computer and then it'll be a day, like for example, with gloom where I like come home from work and I sit down and then two hours go by and there's a whole song like fully tracked. It's like, Oh, Oh, look at that. Like, there it is. I wasn't even planning on it. I just sat down. So I just, I don't know. I find if you don't force it, it usually, you usually get better results. At least for me. I yeah. don't know. I don't know about anybody else, but definitely, definitely for me. Are there different ways that you stay motivated? Uh, not really. I don't think. I mean, usually inspiration is, is quite a bit of it. Mm-hmm. Like finding new music that gets when you like, I don't know, like I listen to something. I'm like, man, this is really good. And then I listen to the whole album. I'm like, this is great. And then I get home and, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to play guitar. I got to <laughs> learn how to play that. Like whatever that guy just did, I want to, I want to know how to do it. Which is kind of crazy. Because have you heard the new uh, Limp Biscuit album? I heard a couple of songs, but I wasn't impressed. Well, that's the thing. I was never a Limp Biscuit fan. Yeah. And then it, I think it was on my Discovery Weekly something. Somehow I heard that uh, the first track on the album. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Right. So I like pull out my phone out of my pocket and it's Limp Biscuit. I'm like, what? And it's <laughs> got that really, it's got that strange riff that he's playing yeah. on the guitar. I forget the name of the song now. It's the first song on the album anyways. And yeah, it was like that right there. It's like, oh, now it's all, suddenly I'm inspired and I came home and I like sat down and I tried to learn that part. And that's and it's inspiration like, that came from such an unlikely spot. Yeah. It's like I when I pulled my phone out, I never thought it was Limp Bizkit. I was like, what? Ah, I'm like a little bit ashamed. I'm like enjoying this. Yeah. You got to make sure nobody sees the screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, fuck. But yeah, no, it's it's just weird. I, I don't know. I'll draw inspiration from anything. I like even watching a movie yeah. sometimes. Like uh, actually our new single that's coming out next week. Um, have you seen the movie The Witch? No, I can't say I have. No? Okay. That kind of came from that. Most like I know all of the lyrics are kind of tied to that and the artwork a little bit. Okay. A lot. The artwork's actually a lot to it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like we watch the movie like and then yeah i don't know just got inspired nice yeah so do you have any choice uh when it comes to like lyrical content or is that something that is just handled um elsewhere um usually me and sane uh, our bass player Mm -hmm. we'll get together and like once the tracks are finished like instrumentally right all tracked um we'll name them something like we'll give them a work title Mm mm-hmm we always try to find something that's like, like maybe we can influence the theme of a song a little bit with the name. Cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Because then once we do that, then we send it over to Mike and he kind of figures out the drums for it or whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it goes to Colin and then he'll kind of start working on some like vocal themes or melodies, lyrics, you know. But uh, yeah, lately we found that if we give it a name, usually that'll influence the lyrics. And then Colin will come with a whole song written out. Most of the time will be based off the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I like, I'm just looking at your titles here on a separate screen. One thing I do like about the titles is that they're all super short. They're just very concise. Mm -hmm. One word and go. Yeah. And that was another thing where we kind of had some arguments about it. (laughs) Because I wanted, uh, I I wanted like longer, more like interesting titles. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't know if you've listened to like Loath at all. Mm, Uh, They have a song called... uh, they actually, they're a really good band. I think they're French. Loathe K. But uh, yeah, they have a song called uh, I Lit It In and It Took Everything. Okay. And I just thought that was such a cool song title. It's like, I know it's long and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a cool song title. I was kind of trying to push for that, but the guys were like, no, let's go simple, like one word names. And then, yeah, I don't know. We talked about it a whole bunch and then we just kind of went with the short names. And I think that worked. I think it works just because of your style of music too. Like it's slow, you said groovy, so it's like to the punch, done. Yeah, yeah, and we kind of try to keep it, uh, like keep the title out of the lyrics, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. A lot of bands um, that I've, when I've paid attention to this, a lot of bands include at least the title in their track, like once or during the chorus or something. Yeah, no, I know we kind of. I don't know. I think we approach it in like uh, the title kind of sets the mood. Mm-hmm. And then you have the song. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like a cool gloom. approach to it. Yeah, like gloom is basically all based around like isolation because, you know, we were all in isolation for a while. Yep. And that's all the lyrics are about that. And so the whole gloom theme kind of sets off the, that mood, I guess. It's kind of like know. preparatory in nature. It's like, here's what we're going to feed you, but here's a, here's a warning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. But yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it's fun. I think get all those creative ideas out of my head so they don't keep me up at night. <laughs> do you use a notebook or anything like that? Or do you just scratch it on your cell phone? Not no, it, man, no, no, nothing. nothing. No, that's, that's, yeah, I know that's part of the problem. That's why I mean, like they keep me up at night because I don't put them down anywhere until I actually do something about it. I don't know how you keep track, man, because if I have a thought, I lose it within like 10 minutes if I don't write it down. Well, see, and if I have a thought, I'll be at home. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got to go and do like, I got to finish these dishes now. And I have to go sit on the computer and do this right now and call it this. Otherwise, I'm going to (laughs) forget. And that works. I guess. For the most part. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but it works. Whatever you guys have, like I said, you have some good music and I mean, you guys are creative. You have, you've been in the same band for now 13 years. So yeah, you're having no shortage of ideas. Yeah, no, I I don't think so. I think, I mean, some days we'll hit a writing block in a song, but then I don't know, usually the next day start something fresh and then it works out. So, well, I mean, it's good. You guys also did the ultimate restart by rebranding and everything. You completely changed direction. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. And then another thing that was kind of successful for that was uh, we'd like been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. Like it had been just over 10 years, 11 years, I guess, that we've been doing it with Effigy. And then 
so doing a fresh restart, but but we're not fresh. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we were, we were, we've already been doing this for so long. Like we know what we need to do, mm-hmm. which we didn't in 2008. I mean, if I barely even knew how to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's makes it a little bit easier to have a successful, I guess, launch. You could call it. Well, that and now you guys are familiar with each other and you guys know how each other work. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super easy. I mean, not technically easy. speaking, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not easy, but for us, I guess, as a collective, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's, Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap this up? Um, yeah, I think you sent me some notes earlier and you were asking what is, uh, what is factor? Oh yeah. I completely forgot so, about that. Thanks things. for bringing well, that up. I, I kind of wanted to bring up because it's a pretty cool thing yeah. that the government's doing. Um, but yeah, they're basically nonprofit group mm-hmm. and, uh, they just help Canadian musicians. So what like, does that uh, mean for you? Like, what do they offer and how do you get involved with them? So you, I mean, to get, you apply and it's a pretty lengthy like process. Lots of work. I don't know. You have to like send them a whole business plan yeah. and like, do all these things. They, they basically want to make sure that you're legit. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, which I mean, they're giving us financial aid, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to just be giving money to everyone, but um, yeah, no, they just, uh, help us out and we basically told them like we want to do these releases we're doing these music videos we're you know doing this artwork we have this business plan we want to be here or you know and however long reach these goals and then yeah they're like you know they help you out is it just music that they uh assist with or is it all types of arts i think it's just music okay i think it's specifically uh recording artists cool yeah, I like that idea. So it helps you get obviously like exposure because I saw that ad on not ad, but I saw it on Instagram that you guys were partnered with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't really do aside from the grants, they don't really do anything marketing wise or exposure wise like that. Okay, but it, I mean, basically, with the the grant we we got from them, mm-hmm. we know we can cover our entire marketing campaign for the full year. And, you know, not have to spend any money on it. That's great. Out of out of our pocket, right? Which is huge help. No, especially when you're in yes. a climate where live music is shoddy at best right now. And then also because of like streaming, you don't, you don't have the same physical sales as you used to. So I think that's an incredible help for new artists. Yeah, no, it's great. We basically don't have to spend any money. I mean, we, we do have to spend money because they only cover a percentage of it. Yep. But it's pretty minimal compared to what we would normally have to spend. Mm-hmm. Right. Which for, I mean, for the EP, we kind of did it all out of pocket because we like doing it, yeah. you know, but if we don't have to, then it's great. It's a lot easier to put out a single and do a full marketing campaign per single. Yeah. And with, with um, being partnered with factor, is there like an end date or is there like, are you contractually uh, uh, like contractually? No, together? not really. No, I, I know they they have deadlines for their applications. Okay. Actually, Mike did most of this for us. I, I wasn't super involved with the process, but I know they have deadlines for applications. So, I mean, if we wanted to, we can apply for a different grant because they have different tiers and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like different programs they do. But uh, yeah, basically anyone can apply. And then once you get all your stuff through, um, yeah, like 
if you get accepted, then great. But yeah, no, there's there's no contract. I know based on the business plan that they asked, yep. we basically have to stick to our end of that business plan. Like, you know what I mean? If, if we say, like, we want to do a tour and it's going to cost us $15,000, mm-hmm. right? And then they grant us that. And then you say, well, you know what? We're going to cancel the tour and we're just going to use the $15,000 for music videos and recording. Then I think they probably pull, pull back on that mm-hmm. and say, hey, like, basically this is now a breach of contract, right? Because you agree on something. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, other than that, I don't think we're we're obligated to do anything. Stuck to it. For any new bands that might be looking to um, get involved with Factor, do you happen to know where to apply and how to get involved? Uh, Just on their website. Okay. If you go on their website or even on their Instagram, they post their deadlines and then they'll say like deadline on whatever date. So make sure you get your application before that. So they do one like say monthly or whatever? Mm, I think it's once. Once every like six months or something okay. like that. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't super involved, so I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but it's something like that. It's definitely more than once a year. I think that's really, really good thing, especially in this, um, this world now with. Yeah, it's great. It's like the best record label you can get on. Yeah. With, if you don't want to get yeah, it's federally funded. <laughs> yeah. Basically like, Hey, we're going to help you out and we're not going to take any of your music rights. Really? I think that's very progressive too. Cause if you look at a lot of labels, um, I don't want to say they're all greedy, but there's quite strict conditions and it's often the bands that get paid the last or at yeah, least and as then, well. And then they go like, Hey, we're going to help you put out this album, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to own it. You don't own it. It's an album by you, but you don't actually own any of the music. It's our music. Yeah. As soon as you sign over, over to a label, you don't have rights to that specific song yeah, or album anymore. Exactly. And that's, yeah. I don't know any other country that's uh, using their money to fund a deathcore band, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, you know what, compared to some of the other stuff that our government's spending money on, I think that's a great, great cost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into politics, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm just glad that Canada supporting supporting uh, death metal bands. I agree. <laughs> it's crazy. When we got great. A, like, yeah. Cause if you go on their Instagram and you look at whatever they're tagged in or whatatever, it's always like a, you know, an R and B singer, mm-hmm. or some folk, like singer songwriter guy, but you don't see a deathcore band. <laughs> I feel like deathcore has made you know what I mean? huge, a huge impact right now. Though I've I've seen so many new bands come out with like an insane amount of listeners on Spotify and like Apple Music. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's been good. I guess <laughs> that digital age, good and bad. You get lost in the the sea of different bands, but then you have so much good shit to listen to. Yeah, it's endless. Literally, <laughs> yeah, we're basically our new single that drops on Fridays is going to be dropped into an endless pit, and hopefully, hopefully we'll hit the algorithm right. <laughs> well, it'll show up on my feed, so I'm excited to listen to it. Perfect. So, other than Bandcamp and your Spotify, where are the best places to find your music? They're everywhere. Uh, we're on every single streaming platform, and. I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else that we've set ourselves, but I think it's just Bandcamp. That's that's the only one that actually goes directly to us. If you actually want to buy anything there, mm-hmm. if you actually want to own any of our music, then uh, Bandcamp would be the way to do it. Perfect. If you just want to stream it, then whatever you're using to stream, it'll be there if you search it. And do you guys have any shows booked in Calgary? We don't have anything coming up no. right now. Okay. 
No, we're just kind of just working away. Fair enough. Writing new material. Yeah. Just kind of waiting these uh, weird uh, yeah. mask mandates and vaccine mandates and just, just kind of trying to write it out till we're at least almost back to normal. Then we'll worry about it. I did something really stupid. And for two years, I didn't buy a single concert ticket because I knew things would change. And so I felt right. like everything was getting there. Everything was going to be opened up. And so I bought tickets to Obscura. And now they're talking about a new variant. And I'm just like, well, fuck me then. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm probably well, going to see them. Right before, uh, uh, right before like COVID got really bad, yep. I had tickets to a Mystery Signal show, which was sold out. And I had tickets to Fit for an Autopsy with Die Artist Murder, which was like my dream show. Mm-hmm. And they both got canceled. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Did and you get a refund? Is, at yeah, least? yeah. Yeah. I got my money back and everything, but it's like a bit of a bummer, you know, especially cause I never booked it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, mystery signals did rebook it and they're supposed to be coming back next year, but, uh, the artist murder never did. And they're doing a North American tour and they just didn't do Calgary. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I hate when they pass over your city. It's like, Come yeah. on, man! Just show up, please. Yeah, like I don't want to. I don't want to have to drive to Vancouver or something. It's winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The two weirdest places I've seen like Canadian, um, like concert dates: uh, Dawson Creek and Fort McLeod, or not Fort McLeod, um, Fort McMurray. Sorry. Oh, really? it was really strange. Yeah, um, I drove up to Fort Mac with uh, with my cousin for uh, Slayer behemoth and lamb of god and then the next day we went down to edmonton for gojira avenge sevenfold i think it was and metallica huh it was a pretty intense weekend a lot of driving too weird i remember marilyn manson like played red deer or something that's also very weird yeah like why what are you doing in red deer and i think if i could be wrong but if i remember right he got punched in the face at a denny's yep in red deer yep I think that happened. That'll be the one place in Alberta that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, yeah, that's what you get for playing in Red Deer. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> and going to Denny's. Oh, man. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> After a show, I'd never go to Denny's. That's like when I was 18. Uh, I've done it way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> After playing a show, just straight to Denny's. <laughs> Speaking of weird uh, venue choices, um, Lethbridge. Judas Priest played there. Uh, after they released their Firepower album. So that was the only place I've been able to see them, but it was really strange. What? Yeah. It was pretty huh. weird. <laughs> are you are you in Calgary? You're not in Calgary, yep. are you? You are? Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. But, nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah. we'll wrap this part up. So, Jorge, thank you so much for joining me and spending this time with me. Uh, I look forward to hearing your new music. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And in, Glad we could do this. Yeah, for sure. And anytime you want to come back on the podcast, just let me know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, anytime. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.